0: Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Right. All rise. Right.
1: Is it legal too? A special production of the Missouri Bar, a regular look at the legal system, and you. I'm Bob Pretty.
2: And I'm Farrah Fight.
1: Farrah, have you ever done any time in prison?
2: I have not. I have. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. But
1: only as a reporter covering the corrections department and things that took me inside prisons, and I was able to walk out, so... My prison record's pretty public. It's out there <laughs> wherever people are reading the news stories that I wrote. But I don't know about you. you. You could probably hide your prison record, so I don't know about it. We have to look at that now. We're going to look at a law that says people can basically hide their prison record under certain circumstances.
2: That's right, Bob. A law in Missouri was expanded last year that allows people to petition the court to technically seal any past convictions. And we have a great guest here today who helped pass that measure into law to help explain how it works and why they expanded it and what it means for people who have had past convictions. Joining us is Jay Barnes. He's a lawyer and a former state representative from Jefferson City. He served eight years in the Missouri House and was one of those who spearheaded this legislation through the process. He also handles complex litigation with the firm Simmons, Hanley & Condroy. Jay, thanks for joining us today.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: This seems this seems like a very humane thing to do. I mean, some people go to prison for fairly minor offenses, so why should that haunt them for a long time? Did that enter your thinking?
3: It absolutely entered our thinking. It's funny when you started and talking about hiding things. This wasn't about <laughs> hiding things, of so course, we can make that that joke. But the point here is that there is such a thing in our society as redemption, mm-hmm. both in the eyes of certainly in the eyes of God, but also there should be redemption. In the law. And when a person has committed a crime and they've served their sentence and they have turned around and become an upstanding citizen, the idea was there ought to be a way that they can get credit for that redemption through our legal system. And that's exactly what Senate Bill 588 from, I think we passed it three years ago, but we delayed the implementation because we were concerned about a deluge of cases swamping the Missouri court system. And I, I'm not sure if that deluge has happened because it just literally, right. you're starting January 1st, I believe, was the mm-hmm. first date people were able uh, to... Uh, January
2: 1st, a year ago. So we're just after the first anniversary.
3: Okay. And I haven't heard any stats on, on I haven't happened. yet either,
2: so... But I know that we've heard from several lawyers, especially right before the law was taking effect, there was a lot of continuing education. Lawyers had clients who were interested in pursuing this starting on that January 1st date when it right. took effect. Right.
1: Is there a limit on what kind of crimes a person can commit and be obvi- be available, have this program available to them?
3: Yes, there is a sig- <clears throat> there are significant limits on what can be expunged. And it's almost... Rather than talk about the crimes that can be expunged, it's easier to talk about the crimes that cannot be expunged because there are so many crimes in our statutes that we'd be talking all day about the crimes that can be expunged. But here's the ones that can't. If you committed a Class A felony, that cannot be expunged. If you committed a dangerous felony, which is arson in the first degree, and there's some overlap with Class A felonies here, assault of a law enforcement officer, domestic assault, uh, statutory rape or sodomy or abuse of a child, that cannot be expunged. Any offense that requires someone to register as a sex offender, that cannot be expunged. Um, public corruption cannot be expunged. Crimes, basically, sex crimes and crimes of violence cannot be expunged. There's also, I would note, pu- public corruption cannot be <laughs> expunged, which is good.
2: This was a major shift because before, I believe in state law, there were only 13 offenses that could be expunged. And now, as you mentioned, it's easier to say the ones that can't rather than can, because I think it's over 1,900 offenses are now eligible for expungement. Why such a dramatic shift at one time?
3: I think the general recognition that As we talked about earlier, that when a person has served their sentence and they have turned their life around, they deserve a second chance. They've done what is necessary. And I have to say a lot of credit is due to Senator Jamila Nasheed. She's who made this happen. Uh, Lots of people have been filing bills on this for a long time. And Senator Nasheed, it's her bill. I was the house handler of it. And I'm it's one of the things I am most proud of, my service in the legislature, because I think it makes a real difference in people's lives. But Sarah Nasheed is who made this happen. And so when you say, why was there this realization? Well, because there was a champion in the Missouri State Senate that wanted this to happen and worked so hard to make it happen. And it got over to the House. And Sarah Nasheed and I had worked on a number of bills together that Across ideological and party lines. And she asked if I'd be willing to handle this bill. And of course I said, yeah, yes, Senator, this is among the most important things I will ever do as a state representative.
1: Let's. You mentioned something a minute ago that I need a little definition on. Uh, the average person might not know what a class A felony is. Give us an idea of what a class A felony, that's the highest ranking felony. It is. Right? And what kind of things are we talking about?
3: Murder in the first degree, first degree rape, certain financial crimes can rise to a level of an A felony. So these are the worst types of crimes for which people can be sent away for the longest periods of time.
1: How hard was it then to draw the line between what is can be
3: forgiven and what can't be? I thought the line was, pretty easy to draw because we said no sex offense you're not going to get an expungement for a sex offense Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get an expungement for a violent crime that is a felony and then there are some other things that are and then we so then that was those were the easy things to pull out and say okay you're not going to get expungements for those and then there's sort of a a potpourri of items that for one reason or another we didn't want to take out and be able to be expunged. So for example, I'm just looking at the list. Causing a train derailment is not capable (laughs) of being expunged. Um, A hate crime or cross burning is not capable of being expunged. Uh, Child abduction is not capable of being expunged. So I'd also put in addition to the sex crimes, crimes against children were in a category that Mm -hmm. as a general rule, we said you can't expunge those. But outside of those, we said, look, if, if you've served your debt to society and turned your life around, We think this should be available.
2: There's a waiting period, right? So if someone has um, served their time, paid their fines, and uh, returned to society, are doing great. How long do they have to wait before they can petition the court to ask for the expungement?
3: So it has to be at least seven years after their sentence is served. Okay. So and in those seven years, for a felony, it's seven years after the sentence is served. And in addition to that, in those seven years, they can't get in trouble again. Uh, for a misdemeanor, it is three years after they have served all of the sentence that they've received. The person also has to have paid all fines and restitution associated with their conviction. And we put in the statute that their habits and conduct needs to demonstrate that they are not a threat to public safety and that granting of an expungement is consistent with public welfare and that the interests of of justice warrant the expungement. Now, what we did is we also set up a system that when you file a petition for expungement, the prosecutor in the county in which you were convicted receives notice of the petition for expungement. So if they have reason to believe that the petitioner is a continuing threat, to public safety, or that granting the expungement would not be consistent with public welfare. The prosecutor, police, and victims of the crime have the opportunity to come forth and explain to the judge why they think an expungement should not be granted.
1: Now, does the clock start moving when you're released? Because some people can be released early, or does it start running when the sentence would have been completed had you finished
3: out your time in prison? I believe it starts running when the sentence has been completed.
2: I know that that provision that you just mentioned where the prosecutor um, can look at the petition and basically weigh in. At the Missouri Bar, we tried to bring together prosecutors, criminal defense lawyers, public defenders um, who would normally handle cases of this nature. And they put their ideas together and worked with lawmakers as yourself. Did that really help make this a successful process and having input and support from lawyers who practice criminal law um, from both sides, both for the defense and for the state.
3: I think so. And what we also did is we said that a pleading by the petitioner that such petition meets the requirements, including that they have no charges pending and they've satisfied all obligations from the prior disposition, creates a rebuttable presumption that the expungement is warranted. And then the burden shifts to the prosecuting attorney, circuit attorney, or municipal prosecuting attorney to rebut that presumption. So the prosecutor, what we didn't want to do is give some prosecutor somewhere the ability to just essentially nullify the law by objecting to any and every expungement. But I believe there are going to be cases out there where someone may have served their sentence, but the local prosecutor may have a good reason to oppose an expungement. And we wanted to preserve the ability of local prosecutors to oppose an expungement in cases where it would not be warranted.
1: But in many cases, by the time a person finishes their sentence, the prosecutor that put them behind bars is no longer a prosecutor. So you're going to a different prosecutor for an
3: opinion? Could be true in a lot of cases. That's right. And so what the statute does is it allows, if you've served your sentence and you've not been convicted or have any pending charge, that creates the rebuttable presumption that, You've done what you need to do. And then it's on a new prosecutor to show that something else is going on here that the person does not warrant the granting of an expungement.
1: Is this process similar to to going before the probation and parole
3: board seeking release from
1: prison? Is this kind of a refinement of that idea?
3: I don't think so. I think this is a lot easier on the applicant than a person in prison. And remember, the person in prison— They haven't been out in society and proven themselves capable of being a contributing member of society. The persons who will apply for these expungements have already served their sentence. In the case of felonies, they've gone seven years without getting in any trouble. In the case of misdemeanors, they've gone three additional years without getting in any trouble. So they've proven they can be a law-abiding member of society and they can get a second shot.
2: And talking about that second shot, I believe um, some of the... Lawmakers who are involved in passing this, I think it was Senator Dixon maybe even described it as a jobs bill, a economic development bill, um, mentioning that by sealing this record, it might improve employment opportunities for those who have a past conviction. Is that something that you agree with? And is that something that can be really meaningful?
3: I do agree with that. It can be meaningful in a person's life. I think that's a, that's a reason to be in favor of this new statute. But for me, that was not the primary motivation. It was that when a person has taken actions to redeem themselves, there ought to be a mechanism in the law available that they get credit for that redemption more than just getting out of jail. There's also something which I think has really been overlooked in this statute. And that is 610-140, which is a statute number, paragraph eight. The first sentence of paragraph eight says, the order, which is the expungement order, shall not limit any of the petitioner's rights that were restricted as a collateral consequence of such person's criminal record. And such rights shall be restored upon issuance of the order of expungement. What that means is that when a person has their conviction expunged, they regain all of their rights as a citizen of this state. They regain their Second Amendment rights to own a gun, and they regain their right to vote. How about holding public office? I they regain their right to hold public office, so long as that's not a restriction in the Constitution, and that is a very important sense. There was a representative who's now a judge named uh, Jodan McGaw, who sponsored annually a bill that allowed after a certain period of time that you've served your sentence to restore all of your constitutional rights. And he saw this bill and he wanted to add an amendment to it in the house in the last week to make certain that he wanted to spell out exactly what rights it restored and list all of them. And we talked and he read this sentence and he said, no, I think that actually does it. I don't, we don't need to add anything new. And so that's something that hasn't been I don't think I've seen any stories about the fact that if you get your criminal record expunged in Missouri, you regain your right to own a gun and your right to vote.
2: Your rights as a citizen overall is protected under the Constitution.
3: That's right. And So I list those two because I think that those are the two rights that most frequently are restricted by a conviction. And those rights are restored under this legislation for people who have served their sentence. Could I become a judge? Well, you'd have to be. Uh, I think you'd have to be an attorney first. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but that, I mean, could
1: you get your bar license back, and then could you be a judge? Does that be, or is that part of the other another process?
3: I think you'd have to get your bar license yeah. back, and that yeah. that that too mm-hmm. is another process. There's a
2: character and fitness portion of that, but
3: mm-hmm. but if you pass your character mm-hmm. and fitness portion and mm-hmm. turn your life around, that there there should be such thing as redemption yeah. in the world, and that's that is the underlying thing that just. When somebody is 22, 23 years old or even younger and does something really stupid, if they've served their debt to society, there's a mechanism now that they can get credit for that.
2: Can we talk a little bit about, we keep using the term expungement, Mm -hmm. but in this, when I think of expungement, I think most people probably they think of anything, comes to mind, that it's being destroyed, it's maybe being shredded, that record is completely disappearing. But this legislation actually seals those records. Is that how that works and that they are available in the future under certain circumstances?
1: This sounds like a good time for a segment we call Legalese with retired Supreme Court Judge Mike Wolfe. Legalese, that means we asked Judge Wolf to translate the lawyer's language into English. Judge?
0: Legalese- So how long should a person be judged by the worst thing she's ever done? What if the worst thing is being convicted of a crime or being arrested? Time goes on, but there's something about an arrest or a conviction that really keeps on keeping us judged. And for centuries we've known that conviction of a crime or even an arrest will follow us around. In today's world, that keeps us from getting jobs, from getting admitted to school or training programs or getting the opportunity to serve our country in the armed forces. You can repair this by getting a pardon from the governor if it's a state crime, or a pardon from the president if it's a federal crime. But pardons are really hard to get, and your chances of actually getting a pardon are about as likely as being hit by lightning. The answer the courts and legislatures have developed is called expungement. It's not forgiveness like a pardon. Expungement is like an eraser. If enough time has passed, and you've lived a good life, the law may allow you to ask the court to expunge or erase your conviction, your guilty plea, or your arrest. There are some things that state laws do not allow to be expunged, violent crimes like murder or sex offenses that require you to register on a list of sex offenders, but low-level, nonviolent offenses, it's time to let the ex-offender move on and not have an old conviction or arrest held against him or her. Years ago, expungement really could erase the evidence of your crime. But today, with the internet, this makes it difficult. Those of us who use the internet regularly for research know that once something's out there in cyberspace, it's hard to erase. That's the challenge the courts face when trying to give deserving persons the second chance that expungement was meant for.
3: ease. There are certain things that you cannot completely... Expunge. For example, a person who uh, is seeking employment with any federally insured bank or savings institution or credit union or affiliate of such institution has to comply with a certain federal statute. They have to say yes or no to whether they've been convicted of a felony that would render them ineligible to Even work for such an institution. Even if they've had through this process. That's right. There's also requires the person who's been granted an expungement to disclose any expunged offense when the disclosure of such information is necessary to complete an application for, and this goes to Bob's question earlier, a license certificate or permit issued by this state to practice such individual's profession. So there are certain limitations at, on – so that employers and state licensing agencies can understand – can get knowledge of those past offenses.
1: When you were working on this bill, did you look at any studies or statistics that that showed you what impact this would have on how many people or what the what the number of people were that were having trouble getting jobs or getting into professions
3: because of their record? I did not. I think that's an impossible study to mm-hmm. – actually conduct. No, is no is the short answer yeah. to that question.
1: Walk us through the process. If I if I've been a good guy for 3 years or 7 years.
2: Or a good gal.
3: What do I do? Well, you call an attorney. Mm-hmm. Now there's a provision in here that says the filing fee is waived for indigent applicants. Mm-hmm. So if if you don't have any money to file it, the court can waive cost. I believe there's also a provision in here that states that the courts should create a form.
2: They have. They have it available on the state court's website. They had that released last January.
3: So there is on the state court's website, there is a form you can go look up and you can fill that out. You can also contact an attorney who will put together a petition for you. You file it. Uh, The petition... Requires uh, The law requires notice to be given to the prosecutor and certain other persons. Uh, After that notice is given, they have 30 days, I believe, to respond. If they have not responded within 30 days, it is deemed as if they have no objection to the granting of the expungement. And then the court is directed to hold a hearing within 60 days of the filing of the expungement if a hearing is deemed necessary to consider whether to grant it or not.
2: So ideally, in less than three months, someone could, from start to finish, work their way through this process.
3: Yes, and it should take less than three months. And the the hope was to make this a fairly easy process for people seeking expungements.
2: And I would just add, Jay just mentioned that you can contact a lawyer, hire one to work through this process with you on the Missouri Bar's website, missourilawyershelp.org. We have a lawyer search feature where you can go online and search by practice area. In this instance, you'd look for a criminal law lawyer and your location in the state. And I'll give you a list of lawyers who are accepting new clients in this area.
3: It's a good resource.
1: Any other benefits to this? Families could benefit from. I'm a lot of time by the time you're out of prison for three to seven years, you've probably settled down in many of these cases, and probably had a family. How, is, how big a benefit is this to a family? Well,
3: I think the idea that a mother or father can have that previous record expunged, and sure, it's just something on paper to show their children, but I think sometimes. In one way, it's just symbolic. Um, but symbols have real meaning and real effect on people's lives. Uh, to know not just that they turn their life around, but that the state has recognized that they've turned their life around.
1: I think if I were the grandchild of somebody like this, or great-grandchild, and I was going through grandpa or great-grandpa's papers, and I found one of these expungement documents. I think I'd probably feel pretty good about grandpa or grandma or great grandpa because I know that, yeah, they, they'd made a mistake, but they shaped up. And they, they paid they were for it. Okay. Yeah. They paid for it. They were
2: back on track.
3: Yeah. So I'd feel better
1: as a family member about that person, I think.
3: Yeah. So you mentioned Senator Dixon. Senator Dixon talks about the economic effects of it. And I'm, to me, I, I'm more interested in the psychic effects on it, on good people. Good people make mistakes in their life. And. This is a way to not just know that they've done it and have the people around them know that they've done it, but to have have it acknowledged.
2: You worked on a great deal of legislation in your tenure in the state House. Um, but the way you speak about this bill, it, it seems very important to you. Were you proud or glad to have been a part of making this happen?
3: This is one of the most this, this is one of the most important things I did in the legislature. I think it may have an impact on more lives than anything else. I did in the legislature
1: you've been listening to is it legal to a podcast service of the missouri bar we're glad to have had jay barnes with us a recovering politician and and now a private lawyer outlining this particular legislation about expunging criminal records, who's eligible and how it can be done and what it means to society. Jay, we're well, thank you very much for being with us.
2: Yes, Jay, thank you for joining us. And uh, if you're wanting even more information on this, we invite you to visit missourilawyershelp.org where you can find additional resources on how the process works and a link to the court's Petition form. And just as Jay was telling us about having your rights and liberties restored under this expungement law, here's the Missouri Bar Citizenship Education Director, Tony Simons, to tell us more.
4: For a moment, imagine that you've been convicted of a crime. It's not a horrible crime, but it's enough to brand you as a criminal. Imagine that you have acknowledged your crime and you've served the sentence imposed by law. Imagine that you've turned a new page and you live your life with a scrupulous commitment to obeying the law and doing the right thing. Now, imagine that with a few strokes of a keyboard or touches of a smartphone, anyone can learn of your past crime. That no matter how hard you try, you can never overcome that label of criminal. That you will never again enjoy the full range of rights possessed by others that opportunities to better your life and the life of your family will be foreclosed. This scenario prompts a question. Does the Constitution have a position on redemption? Admittedly, expungement is not a topic that has received extensive constitutional consideration, but its intent and objectives bring to mind a number of constitutional principles. Expungement is consistent with one of the Supreme Court's most famous pronouncements on punishment, that the application of the Constitution should reflect evolving standards of decency that mark the progress of a maturing society. The work of the Missouri legislature can be seen as the epitome of these evolving standards, of making revisions in the law to address changes in our society. In the modern world of smartphones, huge databases and searchable governmental websites, very few of our legal failures remain private. In some cases, that's a good thing. However, when dealing with relatively minor crimes, this reality could prevent someone deserving of a second chance from having such an opportunity. In Coker versus Georgia, the United States Supreme Court held that the constitution bars not only barbaric punishment, but also punishment that is excessive. The court identified as excessive, a punishment that makes no measurable contribution to acceptable goals of punishment, and hence is nothing more than the purposeless and needless imposition of pain and suffering. In the situations encompassed by Missouri's expungement reform, making people who have served their sentence and have subsequently lived in accordance with the law for years, To continue to pay the consequences for their crimes makes no measurable contribution to the acceptable goals of punishment. In fact, the opposite is true. The goals of punishment have been met. The sentence has been served and rehabilitation has occurred. To make these people continue to feel the sting of their transgressions fits the court's characterization of purposeless and needless imposition of pain and suffering. Although there is no constitutional right to expungement, states like Missouri that enshrine the process of expungement into their legal codes are acting in a manner consistent with the highest ideals of our constitutional system. Nothing further, your
2: Honor. The more you know about the laws that impact your daily life, the better decisions you'll be able to make about your life, your family, and your finances. I'm Farah Fight.
1: I'm Bob Pretty, And join us for another edition of Is It Legal Too? A service of the Missouri Bar.